You're listening to a special episode of the Everything Life Coaching Podcast, Coaching Mastery with Noelle Cordeaux, CEO of Lumia. Explore transformative coaching concepts, tried and true methodologies, and powerful insights from the front lines of the professional coaching field. Whether you're an established coach seeking fresh perspectives or looking to begin your coach training education, welcome to your one-stop resource for all things life coaching. This is Coaching Mastery. Today, what we're going to do is dissect coaching questions, and we're going to tackle seven questions. Of course, there are so many more than seven great questions to ask your clients, but I wanted to roll through all of these because powerful questions, asking questions powerfully is something that we do in coaching. It's something that we talk about in coaching, but we don't often take the time to dissect the specific structure of different questions and gain an understanding of exactly what they do for our clients. The number one thing that we need to know as coaches is that we are not here to give our clients the answers. And In fact, our clients are the only ones who can answer for themselves what is going on in their lives, can name the actual realities and possibilities that they hold in order to emerge from a problem set into a solution set. And when we ask our clients questions, what we do fundamentally is we put our clients in the driver's seat. And I can't emphasize this enough. That in the relationship between coach and client, the act of asking our clients what they think, where they want to go, what they see, what they think, what they feel, every question that we ask helps our client build their own agency. And that alone is worth the price of admission to the coaching relationship. And so at a foundational level, Asking questions is so much more than just generating a conversation. We're actually helping our clients build their own agency. So to do this, we need good questions, powerful questions that will do many different things, questions that will provoke thought, questions that will shift some feelings around, questions that will generate insight. For our clients. So we're going to take seven questions and then break them down. So here's question number one. If I'm talking to my client and I'm saying, all right, client, what makes whatever it is that the client has brought to the table important as your goal for the coaching conversation today. So this is this is the very start of a session to orient us to where this question takes place. And for those of you who are going for ICF accreditation, this is one of the things that ICF evaluators are going to be listening for. That at the very beginning of the session, before we get to homework, we can after we get to pleasantries, we can say, you know, hello, how are you today? <laughs> but but after that, really the first thing that we need to ask is questions is, is okay, what are we working on? And what makes this important as your goal for the coaching conversation today? So there are a lot of reasons that that question is is important. It's a generative question. 
the line of questioning itself comes right from the ICF, the International Coaching Federation Standard 1, setting the agreement. And when we set the agreement in this way of the two part of what are we working on today? And then the second part of well, what makes this important today, we're creating urgency for our client. Not only do we have the topic, but we have the what's underneath the topic, what's behind the topic, why is this urgent now? And it gives us a lot of information as coaches as to the thinking of our clients. And when we understand the motivation set of what is making a specific topic important today, important right now, as we move through the coaching conversation as as coaches and client, we can use it and leverage it to help our clients kind of attach a little bit more to a do it now mentality. We can circle back around the information that they gave us in the beginning of the session. If our client isn't really doing the work, isn't really diving in, isn't really um, answering the deep questions when we get into the session, we can say, well, client, you said, this is why this was important today. Are we really getting after what you wanted? And then the other piece of this is that it gives us um, an orientation for that mid-session check-in. Are we getting where you wanted? You told me why this was important to you. Are we really you know, getting where we wanted to be? Here's question number two. Where are you today in relation to this goal? Is there anyone involved? So here we are. We've walked the client through the coaching agreement. What are we working on today? Why is this important? And then next up, where are you today in relationship to this goal? Is there anyone involved, right? So this question is important for a couple of different reasons. So number one, our client might be very far from their goal state, or they might be close to the goal state. We need to know where they are in relationship to that goal. And then when we're asking in this way, this question leads the client towards a check-in, a 360-degree check-in of their current situation. It might highlight a gap or it might um, give us some relief to know that we're not that far. And then the second part of the question, who else is involved, who needs to know about your goal, that gets the, the client in the habit of checking in on stakeholders, right? So in your coach training, when you get to appreciative inquiry and you're dicing through all of the different things that have to be considered for a specific goal state, one of the things that you need to check on is the stakeholders that are involved, you know, in, in a specific goal. So for example, if I know I'll wake up one day and say, you know what? I think I'm going to go vegan. That's going to be my goal. I can hold that for myself. I can think about it, but I also live in a household. How is that going to impact everyone around me? Um, how's my, my husband going to deal with it when I'm like, yeah, nope, it, like turkey burgers are going out the window. Um, and so there are other stakeholders in my life who need to be aware of any choice or decision or any goal state that I might want to have and getting the client to think about those stakeholders, you know, whatever the goal is important information for the coach and client. Um, as a coach, when somebody tells you who the stakeholders are, 
you want to hold that information and consistently be circling back. Because when the client wants to move forward, that's great. Are the stakeholders going to be supportive or are the stakeholders, do they need a little bit of strategy as well? Do we need to work on the people around you before you can move forward in a certain way? Are they detracting from the goal? Are they adding from the, to the goal? Question number three, and I really like this question. Um, so oftentimes, you know, a client will, will come in, they'll want to talk about something and um, they don't know where to begin. They, they feel stuck. And this is the point where the coach feels like, ah, should I give advice? Should I give advice? The answer is no, you should not give advice. But a great alternative is to ask a question like this. What are some options that you have in this situation? So in order to get started with anything, uh, we need a plan. And one of my favorite coaching frameworks is called life design. And life design is a theory posits that at any given time, there are five to seven paths that are available to us and all of them are good ones right so if your client doesn't know where to begin and you're asking them all right let's just throw some options on the table because there are probably a lot of different paths that you could take and they might all be good ones um, that gets us to start thinking outside the box another way that we could roll with this question or with this kind of question is to say to our client um, how about you and I partner together and we both throw some options on the table, right? So now, obviously, you don't know your client's life. You're not living in your client's life. The options that you throw on the table might be you know, complete bullshit, but it feels good to be working with a partner. And just the act of throwing things out together might get your client generating some new ideas. And oftentimes, some of the really off the wall stuff that you say might actually generate a spark for your client. I was working with, in a session with a client um, who needed to come up with a way of making more money and needed to come up with a way of making some more money fast. Now, I had no earthly idea what this client's um, particular skill set was, you know, what the realities of the situation were, how that person could really go about turning a buck fast. But I said, hey, let's just do a brainstorming session together. And the first thing that I threw out was, how about an eBay store? Right? So we're brainstorming. We're just generating ideas. Now, the, the idea of the eBay store was very, very, very far from where my client ended up and what my client is going to do. But here's what happened. The fact that I said that stimulated an idea. And that idea revolved around partnership. In that moment, my client realized, I know somebody who does an eBay store. I know somebody who does X. I know somebody who does Y. I know somebody who does Z. I might not have to do this alone. And so the simple act of brainstorming, of generating options, of creating new ideas, even if you as a coach know that they are probably not going to land, opens the space, opens the prefrontal cortex to be able to examine new ideas. And that's one of the ways that we begin to then narrow down and form action steps.
All right. Here's another. This one is, is called a scaling question. And for those of you in ICF land, you'll need to know what a scaling question is. And scaling questions are great because they give you so much information. So your client's moving towards action steps. Um, and we want to check in on readiness to act. That's one of the standards that the ICF holds is, okay, your client has said, I want to do this. This is my action step. As coaches, one of the little sub steps that are in there is we actually need to check in on readiness to act. And when we say on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you really to follow through with this action? That gives us a lot of information about where the client is. Um, so with this scaling question, a rule of thumb is, this comes from goal setting theory. If somebody is a seven or above, that's pretty good. They're generally ready to act. If someone is a seven or below, they're not actually ready to act. And we need to go back to the drawing board and work on either reconfiguring that action step or figuring out what the client might need to do to drum up more motivation to get to a seven. So what this looks like is, all right, client, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how, how ready are you to act? Client says, ah, I'm an eight. Coach says, that's amazing. Eight is pretty high. You must feel really good about the choice, you know, that you've made for your action step. Let's celebrate that for a second. And then let's talk about what you're going to need to do to really get this thing going. Or client says, uh, I think I'm probably a five or a six. Okay. Five or six is pretty good. What do you think is preventing you from getting to an eight or a nine? What's underneath there? And then coach and client have a conversation about why that client is at a five or a six versus seven, eight, nine. 10, 100% ready to move to action. And the reason that it's important to check in on readiness is because sometimes a client will naturally follow the course of the coaching conversation and the client will want to please the coach, but they might not necessarily be ready to follow through with the action that they've named. They're just looking for the cookie. They're looking for the prize. They're looking for the validation because they've set the action step. And so we need to check in and have that honest conversation around, this seems like a good step forward. How ready are you to take it? Here's another great one. And this comes at the, the end of a coaching conversation. This is the closeout. What do you want to take away for our conversation today? Are there any action steps that you'd like to commit to? So this too comes from the land of ICF standards, where at the end of the coaching conversation, you want to keep an eye on the clock 
And what I usually do in my own sessions is say, hey, I'm looking at the clock. We have three to five minutes left. Are there any insights that you'd like to draw out to repeat back to me today? And are there any action steps that you'd like to commit to? So not every coaching conversation has action steps associated with it. Most coaching conversations will have insight, some insight, any insight that the client can point to and say, yeah, like this is what I learned essentially during our our time together today. It is an ICF standard to invite the client to commit to action, even if there is no action that the client wants to take. And when we're thinking about committing to action, right? Um, many of us assume that action takes the form of something physical, like putting on your hiking boots and tying them and physically walking out the door. That's not necessarily true when it comes to goal accomplishment. Sometimes a very acceptable uh, action state for a client is, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to think about what it would be like for me to speak up in that meeting. I'm going to think about what it would be like for me to shave my head. I'm going to think about what it would be like for me to be single. I'm going to learn is another acceptable action step. I might need to learn a little bit more about all of the different apps that I can learn Spanish on, if that's a goal. I might need to learn a little bit more about any foreign language clubs that are in my neighborhood if I want to embark on this goal. Um, Living with an idea, circling something, observing something, noticing something are all really acceptable action states. Noticing is a really good one. And that's an, that's an overlooked piece of goal accomplishment. If somebody wants to change something, step one is reflection. Step one is noticing. Step one is taking stock of where we're at, when something comes up, or, or even how a pain point feels so that they're building motivation day after day, week after week to make the change. When I work with um, clients who are in unhappy relationships of all kinds, so it, it could be an unhappy work relationship. Uh, it could be an unhappy relationship with a partner. It could be um, an unhappy relationship with um, a friend. And it's, it's some sort of relationship where the client knows that they want to make a change, but they don't have enough uh, evidence or motivation to make the change, what I ask folks to do is to get a paper calendar and to draw a smiley face for all of the days that you're happy, sad face for all the days that you're sad, and a neutral face for all the days that you're neutral, so that you could actually look back over the course of however long and say, wow, I was really happy for that whole month, or wow, I was really unhappy 
for the last one week, two weeks, three weeks, no month, whatever it is. So when we're closing out the session and asking for that commitment, we also want to make sure that we're giving our clients permission to really explore all of the different nuances of the ways that they can consider themselves in terms of growth and movement. So question number six, you're a coach, you're in session, you ask your client, can you tell me more about this? Why might we want to do this as coaches? For a million reasons. So first of all, if we find ourselves triggered in session, and we need to buy time in order to get ourselves emotionally together, tell me more is an excellent way to buy yourself time so that your client keeps talking and you can get out of your own head. Remember that you're a conduit. Remember, it's not about you and plug back into your client as they're going on and on and on with detail. 100% is if ever you feel like you're not 100% together, you have two choices. You can say to your client, hey, listen, I'm having a human moment. Like I feel a little bit um, triggered right now. Like I just need to collect myself and you can be honest. Or you can say, you know, can you tell me more and let the client um, do their thing. Another reason why we might want to um, say, can you tell me more about this? And this is especially true for, for young coaches is that it's normal for us to take what the client has said at face value and quickly move on. It's important to get as much information as possible because most of the value that's generated in the coaching session is from the client taking a 360 degree walk around their own life. And something that happens for humans, all humans, is that when we hear something for the first time, we relate it to our own memory because that's all we have to go off of. It's called the availability heuristic. And it's a function of human memory that when someone tells us something, the very first thing that we do is we relate it to our own memory. And so as coaches, if we don't take the time to fully explore someone else's meaning, to hear more, about their experience, to hear more about the scenario, the story, the organization, the relationship, whatever it is, we run the risk of making assumptions as coaches. And that's not a space that we want to be in. Um, and also asking the client to say more. It does the very same thing that we were talking about in the beginning. It builds agency. It builds efficacy. It puts the client in the driver's seat and pushes the client to really get clear on what they are talking about, as well as providing you with enough clarity as a coach to move the conversation forward. All right. Question number seven. So I love this question. Would you like to explore this dream to see if it's a real possibility? In coaching, one of, I feel, the greatest honors 
of our discipline is that when someone comes to the space of coaching, you as a coach, you're, you're not a human who's in their everyday life. And so your clients will tell you their hopes and dreams in a confidential way because they have no place else to put them. An example for me is um, 12 years ago, maybe, maybe longer, maybe 14, 16 years ago, when I was first thinking about becoming a coach, I had a little article that I had found um, about the wellness industry, that coaching was going to be the next big thing. And I hung it up, I printed it out and I hung it up and I put it on my fridge. And I looked at it every day. And I remember it very vividly. It's pale purple. Um, people in my life, my mother, my father, uh, my friends, uh, my colleagues, um, had never heard of coaching. And so when I would talk about coaching and positive psychology and my goals and my dreams, and I was going to become a coach, I was going to study positive psychology. What I was hearing from the world around me was that's not a real thing. And that is so true of so many of our clients. The reason that people come to the space of coaching is because they want to do something that they cannot accomplish with the standard set of humans and tools that they have available right in front of them. And so part of our sacred job as coaches is to, yes, whatever it is, that someone comes to the table with. I want to quit my job and become a dog groomer. Yes, that's awesome. Can you tell me more about that? Do you want to explore this and see if it can become a reality? And what we do with this question is we make dreams accessible. We take the big picture and we break it down so that our clients can start to search for the pieces that are actually within reach to them. And this is um, surprisingly easy to do, even with big, big, big lofty goals. And another piece of it is that sometimes people speak in metaphors, right? So I had a client it's a beautiful story who hired me years ago, still my client, um, to work on uh, building a, a business, building a mental health-based app, right? And I asked my client, um, you know, what's your dream? And he said, I want to be on the cover of Time magazine. And I said, okay, that's beautiful. Can we talk about this dream so that we can really explore it and see if it can become a reality? So somebody comes to you and they say, I want to be on the cover of Time Magazine. And you, you say, well, that's, that's, that's going to be pretty hard to do. Is that really a realistic goal? You know, I didn't say that. I said, that's awesome. Let's talk about that. And let's figure out how we can make your dream a reality. And as we began talking and talking and talking about it, what came out was this was really um, a search for visibility. It was a search for visibility in his life. 
It was search. It was a search for validation of others. And we agreed in the end that wanting to be on the cover of Time magazine was a metaphor, but we found lots of other ways to support that visibility and to support that validation. In sum, the work of coaching believes that anything is possible and that all dreams are worthy of exploration. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to lumiacoaching.com slash everything. Explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a bold community to do it with. Lumia is ready to equip you with the tools, training and community you will need to reach your goals. If you're ready to build a unique coaching business on your own terms while making an impact on the world at large, Lumia is the next bold step in your coaching journey. That's lumiacoaching.com slash everything. And hey, if you're waiting for a sign, this is it.